Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Mondays, and uh, just can't wait for tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. Can you guys just make some noise, absolutely, for uh, our entire entire serve crew? And honestly, if we could yeah, uh, also just make some noise for our incredible host crew, they're the ones out with the sign by the road, freezing their took us off. Like, we're yeah. the real ones. We're the real ones. Okay? The rest of us are phonies. We ain't really about that. Like you are. Come on, you got more crowns, more jewels, more mansions in pay. I love it. But uh, yeah, this morning, it is so awesome to be in church. Who is ready for the word? Come on, who needed this morning, by the way? Who needed this? Who came in thirsty? Who came in hungry? Who came in dry and just needed Jesus today? I did. pre-service prayers and as we get together as a team, as we get together as our leadership team, as we do these things, man, I just felt like, God, if you don't do anything else today, just give us Jesus. Yeah. Like, Holy Spirit, just give us Jesus. If you came in today and you needed a financial breakthrough, man, just give you Jesus. If you needed a marriage restored, give you Jesus. Amen? No matter what your lack or need is, God Come on, somebody. I don't know what it was, but especially when we started to build my life, and then in the Psalms 46, God just messed me up. I am torn up from the floor up. I am crying. I was jumping. I was shouting. Just looked like a babbling brook over here. But I'm just ready for God to move this morning. Are you ready for a continued move of God? Fantastic. Well, this morning... We are continuing our series, Breaker. We're going to hit the Breaker's Creed in just one moment. But if you could, would you just... <laughs> I love these guys. If you could, would you just exercise your vocal cords and warm up a little me, 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 me. Just hit me with a breaker with your chest. Just say, Breaker, as hard and brassy as you can. One, two, three. Breaker! Oh, there it is. I love it. Come on, somebody. Y'all warmed up. Yeah, sir. Yep. My God, I love you so much, Joe. All right, Breaker Creed is on the screen. If you don't know, we made a creed for this series. We wanted to go way back. I'm talking like we about to be mad Pentecostal up in here. I'm going to get a flag. Like I'm going to start twirling some banners. Like It's going to be crazy, okay? Because, but one of the things I do love is when a church would just decide, like, hey, we, we're on a specific season going after a specific goal. We got one heart, one soul, one spirit. God laid this on us, and he gave us a roadmap how to get there. And this Breaker's Creed, we just rally around it every Sunday while we're in this series. Have you been loving it so far? Yes. All right, let's recite it together. Just repeat it after me or with me. Yeah, you guys are actually better on time than I am. Well, let's get it. You ready? All right, I'm going to crouch down so we can see it. I'm a little tall up here in heels. A breaker is a child of God, a follower of Jesus, a temple of the Holy Spirit. A breaker desires the things above. A breaker understands the need for breaking. A breaker willfully gives themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual 
partakers that. Wave it up. Come on. Somebody got a Bible in the place? Wave it in the air like just do care. Got a Bible? Oh, yeah. Light up Bibles. I love it. Fantastic. If you were taking notes this morning, the title of my message for week five. Yeah, five. A breaker is the breaker's breaking point. The breaker's breaking point. We're going to get after it today. We're going to Old Testament once again. That's just kind of been my heart in this series. I was really pleading with the Lord this week. Let me go back to the New Testament. I love Paul. And he was like, nah, Elijah. And I was like, all right. So we're going. First Kings 19, 4 through 8. If you've got a Bible, you can get there. If not, it's going to be on the Sky Bible. Yo, shout out Nat the Goat in the booth, by the way. Yeah. Come on. Nat's out there running the Sky Bible. We also got DJ in the sound booth, keeping the sound of Christian yeah. here. Make some noise for DJ. Yeah. Alright, 1 Kings 19, 4 through 8. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. This is Elijah he's speaking about. He came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lays, this I hate grammar in the Bible, and he lay down. <laughs> That's not proper. And slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. Praise God. And he ate, he drank, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights to Herod, the Mount of God. We're going to pray and we're going to see what God will do with that. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Father God, Father God, we just give this moment, we just give this moment over to you right now, Father God. We are not married to a program, we are married to your message which is reconciling all people back onto Christ, everything back onto Christ. So this morning, God, come and move. Have your way. Do what you want to do today, God. We are here for you and you alone. We are not here for a preacher and a performance, God. We are here for you. So Holy Spirit, do what you do. You are the tangible presence of Jesus in this place where two or more gathered. There's a lot more than two of us in the house. So come. Shake us, shred us, break us, God. Because today we came. We came for more of you. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled church said. Amen. Amen. The breakers, breaking point. Now, if I'm being honest, okay, this is going to get weird. Please, one second. Guns and roses. Yes, no, I have no muscles, bro. Uh, no, it's just hot up here. Sorry, I was like, I was dying already. Um, but honest to God, as I was uh, as I was prepping this weekend, as I was praying, and I was asking, and I was researching, and I was seeing what God wanted us to do. There's a reason He's kept us in the Old Testament. There's a reason we're seeing weeping prophets and troubled people and people that God has used who are just messes in their own right. Whether it's how they were made, where they were born, where they come from. Like what they were birthed into, their own actions and desires, things that had disqualified them along the way, but God has renewed and redeemed them after the matter. Like there are all of these things that we have stuck out and been in for the simple reason that, man, for a fresh anointing, there's got to be a new break. Right? Yeah. 
And as I was praying over this message, and I was praying over this scripture, and as I was going through the breaking point, it's not missed on me right now that so many of us are trying to be sensitive to this. That so many of us, we have experienced devastating, life-changing, relationship-altering, status-changing parts in our lives where breaking happened in such a for-real way that the word breaking point might feel like a trigger, might feel like, yeah, I've been there, and that it's too soon, it's too close, the fear is still too real, the hurt is still too there, like I'm too close to my last breaking point. So I was really nervous about this message, if I'm being honest. For some of us, our breaking point, well, was 2020. So some of us, our whole entire year was our breaking point. For some of us, our breaking point this last year was maybe the election cycle. For some of us, our breaking point was just a severe battle with some depression because everyone was isolated and alone for so long. Some of us, our breaking point was in our marriage, or maybe it was more personal, it was in a relationship, maybe there was some perceived hurt that wasn't really there, but it hurts you, so it's valid. Some of us, our breaking point was a lot more recent than others, but I would wager and I would gamble and I would... I reckon this morning that all of us at some point in time in our journey with Jesus, you have found yourself at the breaking point. Would I be off base by saying that this morning? No. Breaking point. So what do you what do you do with that? What do you do with the breaking point? How do you make sense of it? Have you ever just felt like, I don't know, heads or tail right now? I don't see a way out of it. I don't see a way beyond it. I don't see what comes after it. I am just peaking right now. I am bending as much as I can, and I am about to snap. What I came to church today is to declare to you was at the breaking point. The breaking point always has a point. The breaking point always has a point. The breaking point always, not sometimes, not maybe, not coincidentally, not by happenstance, the breaking point always and purposely has a point. The one caveat being, well, if you're going through your breaking point with God. Right. You see, the breaking point, the breaking point is a fork in the road. It is a T, it is a destination, it is where you come to crossroads in your life. And there is one direction on this breaking point that leads to life and life to the full. And then there's another part, another direction. There is no benign. There is no middle ground here. There is left and there is right. There is life and there is death. When you come to the breaking point, if you are going through it with God, then your destination will always lead you 
to a place in arrival at life. But if you allow fear, doubt, and worry, oppression, depression, to live in such a way that you open up your life to certain dark matters and forces that are unseen to us but very, very real in heaven. Right. Your breaking point will only ever lead to death unless your breaking point is with God. Right. Yeah. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. Yeah, that's good, man. Man, I came for it today. I don't know about you. But I've experienced in my life breaking by my own matter, breaking by other people's decisions, things that had to happen for me to grow and become the man that I was and I am now, the man that I will be later. There was breaking that had to happen. But that breaking point that breaking point will either lead to life or it will lead to death. And it all depends. Can I declare this to you this morning? The point depends on the posture. The point depends on the posture. The breaking point depends on your breaking posture. How are you going into your breaking season? How are you handling being broken? How are you handling the forces at work? that are bending you, that are trying to cripple you, that are squeezing you on all sides? What is the posture of your heart? Are you throwing up your hands like you're here to worship? Except you're not here to worship. You're here going, God, what's the point? Is the posture of your heart broken, beaten, shredded, downtrodden, down and out, hopeless, see no way out, and you just want to die? Or is the posture of your heart with your hands up in worship? And are you saying, God, I don't understand, valid. God, this doesn't make sense to me, this side of heaven, valid. God, what are you going to develop in me in this season? Valid. Because we know what God sends, we know what God doesn't send. Amen. So what looks like surprise to us, how many of you guys know God always, what's perceived surprise to us, God always orders purpose. Yeah. What, is the, what is a perceived surprise to us, God always orders a purpose. And when God always orders a purpose, it doesn't mean that he surprised you. It doesn't mean that he's the one that sent it. We know that God only gives what he has, and he ain't giving you no sickness, okay? So that didn't come from him, all right? It needs to be understood today. But what he can do is he can order purpose when you are caught off guard. When you are surprised, when life gets thrown into a hailstorm and a maelstrom and you don't know what's going on and you are breaking and you are fear-ridden and you are rattled to your core and you are asking, what is the point? God will order purpose. Now, it's alright if I just 
God has kind of declared today. That asking God what's the point isn't actually the wrong question to ask. When our hands are up, or they're down because you've been fighting, you're tired, and you are just ran down and you are going, where's my hope? I have served God. I have given for God. I have been living my life. And this happened. And this relationship failed. And this went bad. And the church failed me. And all of these other things. Some of us, we are asking ourselves the question, why did I go into debt for this college degree just for COVID to hit, for me to lose my job? What's the point? Is this all my marriage was going to amount to? What's the point? Was this all the career was going to get me? What's the point? Is this all sex was going to get me? What's the point? Can I declare to you, can I put to you very kindly, I hope this morning, that asking God what's the point is actually a good question. What's the point, God? Well, the point depends on your posture. The point depends on your posture. How? How are you navigating this? How are you handling this? What are you going to decide that your life is going to look like when all hell is breaking loose? Are you going to declare heaven when hell is running roughshod over your life? Or are you going to concede to fear? Are you going to concede to turmoil? Are you going to concede to the enemy? Are you going to concede to the gossip and the lies? Are you going to concede to the thoughts in your head? You see, so many of us, so many of us, we will never, we will never arrive and we will live a life forfeiting that next level for God. Because we fail to recognize that the breaking has a point. That the breaking point has a point. We all want to go to that new level, don't we? We all want to get to that next place in our life, don't we? We want to enter the call of God in our lives. We want to ascend in the call of God in our lives. We want our marriage to be in a new season. We want to move into a new financial place. We want to move to this. We want to level up. We want to level up. We want to level up. It's so preeminent in our culture that everybody's saying it and they don't even have God a way to get there. But this is something that our entire world is declaring in one shape or form or another. That is level up. But what the church and me and you, what we fail to realize is that a new anointing requires a new breaking. Mm -hmm. yeah. A new season requires a new shredding. That a new wine requires a new crushing. Yeah. Asking God what's the point is the right question. But you will never reach the next level that he has for you. You will never walk in all that he has for you if you are asking that question out of death. 
But if you were asking him out of a place of life, God, this sucks and you're not caught off guard, but I feel like I just took a left hook to the face from Mike Tyson. I don't know which way's up. What are you developing in me? What are you changing in me? What are you birthing in me? Did you know that so often a new birth requires a fresh breaking? God wants to bring something into this world, and every time he brings something new into this world, before it's ever a new birth, it has to be a new breaking, doesn't it? Yeah. Nothing new is birthed in this world without a new breaking. Right. But you and I, we, we live in such a way, we live in such a way that we don't understand that breaking is not just a verb, it's plural. Breaking is a verb. Breaking is what you do. Breaking is what will happen. Breaking is acted upon. It has an action. It takes place. You get bent. You get pressed. You get forced down. And you break. But breaking, in definition, isn't just a verb. It's actually plural. And you and I, we fail to realize that. Because we're just focused on getting to the new level like God is focused on the new breaking. Because there are things, because there are levels to this player that he can only give you access to when he has shed the access off you. There are levels to this that he can only give you access to when he has shed the access off of you. Am I preaching this morning? Is this too much? Do I need to tell a joke? Do we need to do something else? Because I felt burdened today for the church at large. Man, we, we've got to get this on the inside of us. Whether you've done dumb things and it's had consequences or dumb things have been done to you and it had consequences, God is able he is able to take your ashes and make something beautiful out of it, but beautiful only comes from the breaking, and are we willing to give ourselves over to that breaking? Yes. What does that have to do with Elijah, Matt? Well, other than he's just a boss prophet, coolest dude ever. How many know? Like that terrible 90s song, even the best fall down sometimes. <laughs> I had a boy band Saturday yesterday. It was great. Things you shouldn't say to Everyone was great. But Elijah, being a man of God, being a boss prophet of God, here he is, found, laid, he is depressed, he is weary, he is upset, he is beaten, he is literally ready to die. Have you ever been there? Has that ever been your breaking point? Yes. I've been there. Start thinking life would be better off for everybody else around you without you. That you can't get out of your own way long enough to produce something profitable and fruitful in the world around you that's just dragging everybody else around. The church would be better if Scott ran it. It might. That's awesome. Thank you, I'm going to throw it. <laughs> you asked. 
I've had these thoughts. And I reckon you did too. And why we're talking about Elijah today is because he found himself in a place and a position that he never thought he would be shaken down to. That he never thought he would be fallen down to. That he never thought he would find himself at. And it's all because he actually did what God told him to do. Yeah. You know, we want to look at the guys who get it their own way. We want to look at the girls who have messed up in their own lives. We want to look at these things because we can relate to them. But what about the ones who are successful at doing what God called them to do? They held the line. They stood firm. They did what God made them to do. What happens on the other side of that? Because yeah. what we don't reckon is even the best still need to be broken. Yeah. Even the best still need to be broken. Look no further than Jesus on the cross. Even the best of us has to be broken like the rest of us. Amen? Yeah. So here's Elijah. If you don't know much about Elijah, here's his moment. He's a boss prophet. He's so cool. And here this thing happens. Where we're in Israel and there's a new king. His name's King Ahab. Everyone say, hey, I have. Hey, I have. Hey, I have. Hey, I, have. <laughs> I can't do it. Hey, Ahab. Hey, Ahab. Ahab sucks. Okay? Now I just got to give him his name. He really does. And Ahab is the king of northern Israel at this point in time. And Ahab has this wife. He gets a wife. She's like a Philomian. I don't know how to say the country of origin where she's from, especially in the descriptive manner of what she is nationality was. But she's this woman, and her name is Jezebel. What was that? She's a little loose. And everybody knows the name Jezebel has a negative connotation. With it. Yes. Like, Jezebel isn't one of those names that we're trying to take back in 2021, right? Like, there's not really redemption for Jezebel. Like, that name, like, I'm sure God could redeem her back then and wanted to, but his heart broke for her. Absolutely. I'm just saying that name has now been marred and blacklisted by society, okay? The name Jezebel got canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Like, Jezebel ain't gonna be finding no Barbie at Meyer, okay? You know what? Let's not, let's not tempt the world. They, they might try. They might try, okay? They might try. Because it's a Jezebel spirit. Anyway, so... Dude, I'm, I'm so old school. You don't even know. All my favorite preachers are either 90 or dead, okay? So Jezebel spirit is definitely firmly in my vocabulary. But here's Jezebel. And why Jezebel is terrible, why Jezebel sucks, is yes, kind of like what was briefly pointed out a moment ago, she is associated... With a little, you know, she's a little promiscuous a little bit. She's name's associated with that a bit. But that's actually not the reason that Jezebel is, is a terrible person. Like, that's actually not the reason that Jezebel is a nightmare. That's actually not the reason Jezebel and the spirit of Jezebel and all these things are referred to. Okay? That's not the reason she's actually been shunned from, you know, Baby Names 2021 book, okay? That's not the reason she's been shunned and shut out and canceled. The reason is, is because she comes into the king's life, Ahab, and she goes, yeah, 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 God of Israel, that's old news, okay? Yahweh, more like no way, okay? Like, now, we're going to worship a guy named Baal. And the king's like, you need Baal? What would you do? And you know, she's like, no, we're going to worship Baal. And we're going to build a statue. And this is going to be our God. Well, who's Baal? He got made money. Don't ask questions. Okay. 
they build a statue and they begin to worship Baal. And she actually, she accrues 400 false prophets of the false god Baal. And what do they do? She commissions them to go out and completely murder people and prophets who are followers of Yahwism. What is Yahwism, you reckon? Yahwism is basically early day Christianity. It is followers of Yahweh. She was trying to kill this thing called the church before the church even began. She was trying to exile Jesus before he ever had a chance to come. She was trying to take out Christianity before it ever had a chance to become a thing by going after Yahweh. Which is crazy. So what does that have to do with David? Or, sorry, Elijah. What does that got nothing to do with David? Uh, Matt's got zip to do with David. So what does that have to do with Elijah? Well, Elijah, he's a prophet of God. He is God's probably, I won't say his most powerful prophet necessarily, but he's, he's, he's pretty up there. Like, he is somebody who's pretty known, and we preach on him often, and he's made quite the name for himself. And In fact, he's, he has a predecessor, Elisha, who will come in the, action, the next, very next chapter of this book, who is a, evidently has a double portion of whatever Elijah has. But Elijah just did so many amazing, miraculous things. That he's just kind of applauded for, for being the best. Right. And so Elijah, well, he's seeing this, and he's, he's in Israel. And he's like, yo, we can't stand for this. Like, you know that song, Break My Heart for What Breaks Yours, God? You know that one? We pray here often in church. That's a prayer for us to take over. Break our heart for what breaks yours, God, in the city of Grand Rapids. What breaks your heart? Break ours for it. Well, Elijah, he started that whole trend. And he has pleaded and he has prayed and he has been with God, ride or die, saying, break my heart for what breaks hers. What broke God's heart was that the newly appointed king Ahab would have a Jezebel of a wife and allow her to discriminate and push against and literally try and commit mass homicide or genocide, rather, on his followers and his people. And so that disturbed Elijah. The things that disturb God should disturb us. Amen. Right. Amen. The things that disturb God should disturb us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. There's a lot of things in our society right now, and have been for a long time. This ain't new, okay? We just have the internet so everybody finds out about everything. But there's a lot of things that disturb God. That break his heart. And it needs to disturb us. It needs to break our heart. Not, it doesn't need to disturb us and break us towards a place of hatred. It needs to do what God does. And disturb us and break us to a point of loving them to whatever God says is what's best for yeah, people, yeah. for culture, for the world. Amen. That's good. So what I say next is probably going to really survive. So what happens next is well, Elijah's hiked. God's angry. Everyone's broken hearted over the situation and civilization right now in northern Israel. And so Elijah gets commissioned by God and God says, I want you to round up them 400 false prophets of Baal and kill them. Kill them. Context being, God's covenant at this time was not with the world like it is now. It was with one specific people group and their name was Israel. Right. And that was who was being destroyed. Yes. If there's one thing that we've learned in this entire series so far, is that our God 
He's made it very clear. His attention will not be taken. Yeah. His worship will not be taken. Yeah. His glory will not be taken. And he will not allow whatever has bound you to remain binding you. He will break who and whatever has bound you. Amen? That is who our God is. Bell pairs with a God of breakthrough. Yes. A God who bursts through on our behalf. Yes. That is his name. Yes. This is good news. Yes. And so Elijah full on, he takes out 400 dudes. Yeah, he takes out 400 guys. John, Isn't that John Wick style. <laughs> totally John Wick style. I've never seen those movies because I love Jesus and oh. pastor. <laughs> Just kidding. I own them all in Blu-ray. Let's go. <laughs> I gotta see it better. I gotta see it clearer. It's insane. Don't you know it? And so here this happens. And all of a sudden, King Ahab finds out about it, like he would, because he's a king and his, his people. King Ahab finds out about it, and King Ahab sends word to his wife because, you know, pillow talk and all that. And Jezebel finds out what he did, and Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah. She knows where he is. And she says, I know what you did, and God help me. If you're not dead by tomorrow, may God kill me. Of course, she's talking about Baal, because that's who she worships, and he's not real, so she's right. kind of in luck. Right. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> she's so silly. But not as silly as Elijah, to be honest with you, because what happens next is this. We're talking about breaking point, right? What happens next is this. Elijah, homie, prophet of God, mad, awesome, just amazing man of the Lord, does amazing things, has great faith, and trusts him so much, just slayed 400 dudes, okay? And probably this, there's, you know, it, I know, it's dicey, okay? It's dicey. Those 400 people were prophets, false prophets, kills 400 of them. And then what happens? He gets a messenger from a girl named Jezebel that says, by this time tomorrow, if you're not dead, I hope my God kills me. And what does he do? He gives him the fear. Yeah. And I'm going, wait, 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 wait. Count it, count it. What's the scoreboard say? You got 400 points racked up, and this is she's with one person. I'm like, count it one. You just killed 400 people, and there was one, one woman. And you're scared of her? And I'm not saying anything bad about ladies today. Hear me on that one, because I know there's some ladies in the place with style and grace who are still a little bit ratchet, who are willing to put their hair up and square up in the parking lot for the Lord. Like, I get it, okay? So ladies, I'm here for you. We champions of that, all right? All right, I'm here for you. We got lady pastors, like all sorts of good stuff. So like, let's go, you know? Don't you know it. But in saying that, he has murked 400 people, and he's, he's scared of one girl? Isn't it amazing? Because it says he goes running. He's depressed, he's depleted, he's tired. He's sad, he's heartbroken, he is fear-ridden and rattled by Jezebel. He finds himself laying underneath a broom tree, wanting to die. Isn't it amazing? man of God is ready to die. After all he's done, all he's seen, he gets one threat from a queen. 
He killed her fleet. He did what he was called to do. God's hand is all over his life. He gives in to fear. How many of you guys know fear isn't always rational? Fear isn't always rational. But can I declare this this morning? Fear is always irrational. Fear is not rational, but fear is always irrational. I'm going to say it again. Fear is not rational, but it is always irrational. It is irrational for the son, for the daughter, for the prophet, for the prophetess, for the breaker who is their God, is the Lord Most High. Fear is irrational. My God is Yahweh. Fear is irrational. My God is Yahweh. I will not fear. Would you just declare that over yourselves right now? Would you just shout that out? My God is Yahweh. My God is Yahweh. I will. I will not fear. Don't make me go Sunday school on this place. My God is Yahweh, and I will not fear. Do you want to know why that is? Do you know what the word Yahweh literally means? In our head, we probably go, he's God, right? Kind of. Yahweh is a, it's a word that has a very long sentence attached to it that means he that made everything that is made. He that made everything that is made. Yeah, wow. He that makes everything that has been made. And do you know what he has not made? Fear. Yeah. Oh, that deserves a praise. Come on. Yeah. Give God glory. Yeah. Give God glory. Yeah. Come on. My God is Yahweh. I will not fear. Yeah. Isn't it incredible how what God has not made can finally find its way to displace us? Yeah. yeah. Wow. God didn't make fear, but yet he displaced a man of God of Elijah's stature. God didn't make fear, yet it moves us all the time. We leave the land he's given us. We leave the marriage we've made a covenant with. We do all of these things. We leave the church that we said we'd be a part of. We leave these things. We run. We hide. We're broken. But something, something that God never made never spoken to existence, that is just faith corrupted by the first sin in the garden. Because you don't know, faith or fear is just faith in the wrong things. Fear is just faith in uncertain outcomes. Fear is just faith in an unknown future, which is wild because you're a very young God. But isn't it absolutely incredible that something like that, if God did not design, hung the stars, made gases, made the sun, all these things that we have, how our bodies break down, all sorts of things, like I mean, like in the ground, like the things that happen, He designed all of this, He thought it up in His head, and the one, one of, as many, but one of the things, especially what we're dialing in on right now, that he didn't create, that never came from his lips, that he didn't speak, when he said, let there be light, he did not intend for this. Fear is our doing. Isn't it incredible? We live for Yahweh, he that makes all that has been made. But he don't make fear, yet I'm being moved by fear. Yeah. 
I'm running because of fear. I've got my tail tucked between my legs and I am out of here because of fear of one woman. Granted, she's mad falling out of her tree. Okay, Jezebel, she's crazy. For sure. But really? My God is Yahweh. I will not fear. So what happens next is young Elijah he finds himself at this, at this tree. He's just ready to die. He's ready to die. He actually says these words. He says it twice. He says, It's enough. It's enough. God, take away my life. Now, I want to be sensitive right now, okay? Because I know that I've had thoughts. I know that there's people in this room today, this morning, that has had these thoughts. So I want to be incredibly sensitive to where you are at currently or where you have been previously, okay? Understand that. I'm taking that all into consideration with what this next part is all about. Even a man of God of Elijah's stature. Even some people in this room who are pastors and leaders have been at this place where we have put our hands up, not in worship, but in declaration saying, God, I wish you'd just kill me. Some of us were out here, like Job's wife, just being like, renounce God and die. We've been there. Some of us, we have asked God for permission to take our own life. Because the breaking point was just too much to bear. But can I encourage you? The breaking point, it either leads to life or it leads to death. But we will get tricked by the devil when we're at our breaking point, and you will hear one thing whispered in your ear that says, Are you ready for this? There will be peace in heaven. That's the devil. Wait, what? That's the devil? Yeah. Because you know what God's whispering in the other ear towards the other direction? There can be peace here and now. Yeah. And in heaven. The devil wants you to take yourself out. The spirit of darkness wants you to kill yourself here and now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a relationship with Jesus. Cool, man. Just take yourself out. There will be peace in heaven. But what God has made available to us is that we can have peace here and now and later in heaven. Amen. Come on, somebody. And so Elijah is he's down and out. And it's amazing, again, because fear is just this weird thing. I didn't really plan on sticking up fear too much, but it's kind of funny that words like enough, words like I surrender God, words that Elijah uses that are from his posture of heart of just wanting to give up. God, I give up. crazy how they're perverted and how they're twisted and how they become demonic and depraved and how they become fallen depending on the posture of your heart. Because if you were in worship saying, God, it's enough. You are enough. Totally different road. Totally different destination. God, I surrender. God, I give up in a place of worship? In a posture of worship? Oh, God can do a whole lot more on the other side of that, can he? But because of fear, our Right. Our promise has never moved, but our praise has been displaced. Yeah. Our faith has been displaced. Yeah. Fear has overridden it, and we're starting. 
Jesus. You know, we're in this place and it's funny to me because Elijah, he just falls asleep. He just wants to die so bad he goes to bed. I've been there. I've been there. Try to sleep through the pain, but you can't. Not really. Real sleep only comes with peace. They don't come with pain. But what happens is, somebody say, what happens is, what happens is that we live a life kind of like Elijah does in this brief moment that we're seeing a window into the story. And we live a life going, God doesn't even care. God doesn't care. God, I'm here. I'm bent. I'm broken. My finances are bottoms up. My marriage is in the tank. Like, what is going on? Is this all that serving in a church is going to get me? Where am I going to get the microphone? Oh, and then all of a sudden I got disease and I got sickness and coronavirus happens. And we're going, does he even care? Does he even hear me? Is he just benign to my feelings? I want to die. It's not that God doesn't care. God cares very much. Yes. It's not that God doesn't care. It's just that God doesn't entertain the same thoughts that you entertain. Right. Yeah. It's just that God doesn't entertain the same thoughts that we entertain. God would never give validity to those feelings by giving it attention. God will never give death validity by giving it his attention. I think today maybe some of us need to decide as we leave here. When we go into our week and we go into Super Bowl Sunday next week and all these things that we're all looking forward to. Some of us, we need to decide. That we're not going to entertain. We're going, God, where are you? God's going, where are you? Yeah. What are you entertaining? Yeah. What are you putting before your eyes? What thoughts are you allowing to run rampant? What feelings are you allowing to have control over how you act and how you speak and how you praise? Where are you? I'm right here. It's not that God doesn't care. It's that God does not entertain. Yep. The same things that you and I entertain. He will never give a response. He will never validate your feelings with a response when they're not his. He will never validate. He's not going to give death the time of day. He killed that in Jesus. He ain't giving death the time of day. You feel like he's this and he's saying, no, 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 no. I'm just playing a different game. And you're more than welcome to come through it. So what happens next, right? What happens next is God sends a, an angel. Right, crazy. And the angel goes, Arise, 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 Elijah, and eat. And Elijah peeks up his little weird head, all cute and stuff. Like, you know, actually, it's probably like a comic right? getting knocked out. But, anyways, <laughs> he looks like he totally hates life. And he wakes up and what does he see? Well, there's a hot cake and a jug of water. Isn't that just like our God? We're sitting here going, God, I want to die. And he's like, what's that, you want cake? <laughs> like, no, Lord, I want you to end my life. Hey, Gabriel, what did he say? He wants some cake? Hey, Michael, can we get some cake? Can we order some cake down there? Oh, my man, Elijah, he needs some cake. <laughs> and this is how good he is. Yeah. We're sitting here going, God, I got no money. And he goes, you want some water? <laughs> like, he's not even entertaining. He's not even putting value. 
<laughs> like, I don't even know what you said. You want some jack? I'll give you some jack. Like, that's how good our God is. He doesn't even validate yeah. death with an appropriate response that we're looking for. He's just like, cake? You need some cake? Cake. Carrot cake, spice cake, fruit cake, whatever you like. Fruitcake's a sin, let's be honest. <laughs> but what happens next is I think what happens to all of us, right? Because here's the deal. God sent an angel. God sent an angel, okay? God always sending help, isn't he? Yeah. He's always sending help. That's yeah. in his nature. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's his characteristic. That is who he is. He put it in his Bible because he wants us to know this is who I am to you. This is our relationship. This is my promise. I will send angels. I will send ministering angels on your behalf. I will do things. I will move things. I will make a way where there is no way through some angels, okay? That's who he is. Yeah. You need to slow that out. Anyways. That's who it is. But much like all of us, God's always sending help. And so you'll probably have somebody at your very point in need of breaking and they're there to have a conversation. They text you out of the blue or you find yourself in a church service with incredible worship like this with a preacher just absolutely killing it and hitting you right where you are. But then much like Elijah, we will leave this place and we will leave that conversation and we will leave our friends coming over or our kids coming over. We will leave that moment where God is trying to break through to us and we will go back to sleep. We will go back to our despair. We will go back to our depression. God is bringing you cake through an angel and you're trying to sleep your way through your pain. Friends, there is an anointing that is all over your life that you cannot sleepwalk your way through. Yeah. So what makes you think you can sleep in the breaking? Yeah. Yeah. Can I say that again? Because yeah. I feel like this is something we need to get on the inside of us today. I want you to tattoo this on your soul as you leave here. You have an anointing. You have an approval. You have an assignment. You have an appointment. This anointing has been smeared all over your life. Nothing is missed and nothing is wasted. His anointing is all over you. And you cannot sleepwalk your way through your anointing. Yeah, so what makes you think you can sleep through your breaking? The anointing of God only comes by way of the breaking of God. Yeah. But we are prone to want to sleep through the pain. We want to go to bed and we want to wake up tomorrow and hope the fight never happened. Hope the hurt never took place. Hope what our experience was was never a reality. We want to go off to dreamland and some of us, we've been in such a dark place that we have actually hoped and we've actually prayed and we've actually asked God for his permission to die. We will leave meetings like this you hear God's word when he says, Awake, O sleeper, but all we want to do is go to sleep. But God's too good for that. And by God, he will not let you quit. Yeah. So what happens next? More cake. <laughs> More cake. Oh, that's Elijah. He's still mad. He's still upset. Okay. You know, what happens next is actually a little bit different. What happens next is he sends an angel again. And this angel, he's a little less polite. Let's put it that way. Much like your second friend who would hear the dumb. You know, you get the nice one first. They come through like, hey, they're talking behind your back. And they're going, you know, they're in a little slump. But I'll come through and, you know, I'll talk to them. 
and then you know afterwards you can hit him with a hammer if they don't you know straighten up because that's what you need. Well, this angel is the hammer, and Elijah's the man, and he says, "Arise, arise, arise, and eat, Elijah. Arise, arise, and arise." Can somebody just say that this morning? You're going to be shouting all next weekend because of the Super Bowl, because of some Chiefs and some Buccaneers. Can we get loud about God for a second? Can we just declare, "Arise in this place"? says, arise, all of us, we want, we want a new rising in life, but first we got to arise. Yeah. We all want a new rising in life, but we fail to understand that we need a first arise. We want a new level to get to, but God's saying, arise. I want to get through the breaking point. Are you going to arise? Or are you going to keep sleeping through this? Because it ain't going nowhere. Your problems are still hot on your trail. Problem is, you're going to wake up, you're still going to be you with your same decisions, following God faithfully, or being crazy outside of it, and you are still going to be you with all the problems that you have attached to you. Are you going to arise for your new rising, or are you going to try and die in your sleep? So the angel says, arise, eat, and go. See, friends, this is what happens to the breakers. This is what happens to the breakers, because the breakers be the real ones, okay? Because this is what happens. When you're a breaker, you go from fear to faith. Yeah. When you're a breaker, come on somebody, we go from broken to being a breaker. Amen. When you are a breaker, you go from suicide to strength. Amen. Come on somebody, when you are a breaker, when you decide, I'm going to choose path of life, I go from suicide to strength. Man, what do you mean? How do you know that? Because the next sentence says, And he goes to the mountain in strength. Amen. Yeah. He just went from suicide to strength. He went on a uh, he went on a forty year or forty day journey. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to die. He just wanted to end his life. But what happened? What was different? What took place? An assignment took place. Yeah. God understands that natural sustenance cake. It's good cake. It's heaven cake. No one's better than that. Bread and devil's cake. Oh. Mm -hmm. Stupid. <laughs> but he understands natural sustenance isn't enough. Not for a supernatural calling. Yeah. Yeah. So what does he say? Arise, eat, and go. What's different about that? go. Mm -hmm. What's different about that purpose? What's different about that new lease on life? Mm -hmm. You've got more to live for. So many of us, we need to be reminded. We need to know about the assignment that is ahead of us. Amen? Amen. I love this point. He says, arise, eat, go. And then he says, for the journey ahead of you is too great. Friends, which voice are you going to listen to today when you leave here? Because God, when he says, arise, go, because the journey ahead of you is too great. Well, that's the same thing that, uh, that the devil's going to tell you, isn't it? 
Because the whole reason you want to commit suicide, the whole reason you want to kill yourself, the whole reason you want to quit and bail on God and bail on church and bail on your marriage and bail on everything else you set out to do today, the whole reason you want to bail, the whole reason you want to bail is because the journey ahead of you is too great. Right? It's too much to press on. It's too much to go forward. It's way too much. I've been through it all. I've gone through too much. I can't go back to that. I can't press on. I am too beaten. I am too battered. I can't. The journey ahead is too great. You see, when God says it, it's always too inspired. But when the devil says it, it's always too intimidating. That's how you know his voice. Yeah. Right? That's how you'll know who's talking to you at the moment. Yeah. Come on! Arise! Let's go! Life is too big! It's too great! you got a calling ahead of you! There's too much left for you to do! Inspired. All the enemy would say, now this broom tree is a nice place to die. At least your headstone will have a nice tree covering it. Hey, the journey ahead is too great for you. See, God didn't say that in a condemning way. He did that in an inspiring way. Yeah. But the enemy, when he reminds you of what's ahead of you, it is always to intimidate you. Right. Will you be intimidated or will you be inspired? Mm -hmm. Breakers are inspired. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I love that. I love that our God says the journey ahead of you, it's too great. And yours is. Your journey ahead of you, it's too great. You can't do it on your own. Well, that sounds like another reason to kill myself. No. That sounds like another reason to quit. No. Because God had a plan. Yeah. God has a foolproof system. The people in it are broken. But the system is perfect. Yeah. It's called the church. It's called people in the same body. It's called the bride of Christ. Right. She is God's success plan for you to make the journey. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what happens next is this. Worship team, you can make your way up here. I understand. I'm about to, I'm about to make this an hour and ten minute message. Come on, somebody. So you come up here. DJ, you can turn them down a little bit. Make them sound all soft behind me. Make them super spiritual. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got you. See, what happens next in the story is absolutely incredible. Because you reckon that's the end of the story, don't you? You reckon that's the end of the story. He was broken. He reaches breaking point. And what happens is, is if you don't fall to your breaking point, the breaking point, when it's with God, will always be your tipping point. The breaking point with God, caveat, will always be your tipping point. Tipping points are what, Matt? That doesn't sound good. Where the odds tip in your favor, where the waves that are coming against you break, where the wind begins to cease, where the force that is coming down around you breaks its hold and relents. Yeah, yeah that's good. Your breaking point will be your tipping point if you let God in it. So this looks like a beautiful end of the story, doesn't it? This looks like we should cap it off, doesn't it? It's great! No, because after every breaking, there's a testing. Yeah. We don't like that. We just went through breaking. What do we need to test? Because I got to know that I peel all the excess off you. God, is this necessary? Do I need to lose this job? Really? Yeah, because you got some securities and some other things that I'm more secure than they are. I'm a better economy than that is. I 
history. But about Herod, he didn't run in fear, he stood in faith. Because it's broken.
of the worship. He says this. He says this. New anointing, new assignment. Amen? God says this. Check this out. He says, go and return. Got it. Game plan. Let's go. Break your life. Go. But instead, God says, go and anoint Hazel as the new king. Some of y'all miss what I just said there. God says, go, return, and anoint Hazel as the new king. Why that's big news, and why that's big facts, and why that's a statement from heaven and heaven alone. It's because the same king that wanted your head will now be dethroned. Thank you. 